It's Collective Sunday, the last uh, Sunday for our V-Day series. We trust that you've enjoyed the V-Day series. For those of you who may be just new today or visiting, um, we have been celebrating vision and what vision is all about. We looked three weeks ago at Kloof specifically, and we launched the theme Believe, and we're excited and really feel that statement over our church and our community for the year, that we've got to believe God for incredible, incredible things and for him to do amazing things through our church. Then two weeks ago, we celebrated True Life. Wasn't that an incredible Sunday? Just the, the talent and the, the, the diversity in our church, and we just trusting God is going to use True Life in incredible ways. They are a ministry that goes into schools. They do online curriculum. Uh, amazing. Just, uh, just bringing so many uh, messages, of relevant messages to our young people. And then last week, obviously, Nganiyami Sunday, which was a real celebration. And if you haven't yet uh, downloaded or added the song Awaken, Tom did a great job mixing the song with the kids. It's so cute hearing the kids sing. Um, it was a real challenge to, to get those uh, vocals all working and get them all in tune. But it was amazing. And uh, so that's 24 Skies Awaken remix. And we'd love you to go add that on your Apple Music or Spotify libraries and just, just play it and share it. It was, uh, it was amazing uh, Sunday last week. And then today, Collective Sunday, I've got Granny and Grandpa here today. Eh? So they're known as Granny and Grandpa at the moment. Obviously, these are the, uh, my kids' grandparents. So this is Roger and Yvonne. For those of you who are, well, I'm sure most of you know who uh, my mom and dad are, and, uh, but for those of you who don't or you knew, um, my mom and dad started this church. It was originally Kloof Harvest Church, and we changed the name a couple years ago, but today we're going to be uh, just having a, a conversation about the early days of our church and what they dream of it going forward, and then in a moment, we're going to call up Beggy and Z and Tom and Eileen, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the collective church. Just to say this up front, the church is God's plan and his only plan. He, in, he intended for us to gather and to meet. The church literally means ecclesia, which means a gathering. It's a community. It's a, it's a fellowship of people. Today, we are having church. We haven't come to church. You've got to understand that. This is a building where we have church. The church is the, it's the bride of Christ, the gathering of the people. And when you collectively gather together, something incredible happens. God does something amazing, and even as we experience it during worship a little bit earlier, there's something powerful about believers together in one place, gathering together, worshiping together, uh, doing life together, drinking coffee together, uh, just learning together. There is something powerful that happens when the church gather. Now, you've also got to understand that we are also the church out there as well. Church is not just restricted to an hour or two on a Sunday, but the church is God's plan out there to extend his kingdom into the world. You've got to believe that and you've got to understand that because I grew up not really understanding that. And dad, I wanted to start off the conversation with this because you grew up thinking that church was something and something that my grandpa, your dad told you was very important about church. He says, my boy, I want you to remember something about church. If there's one lesson you're going to learn, be the last to arrive and the first to leave so that you don't have to speak to anyone. <laughs> so tell us about church growing up, and he actually timed how long you were at church. Hello, everyone. Come on. We're going to do the all in Zulu, all right? <laughs> Just for Peggy and Z. Okay. Yeah, um, we were, I was brought up as a, a Catholic, and church wasn't my favorite thing. And as Hilton said, my dad used to make sure we got there last, and then he'd time it. And if it went over 55 minutes of service, then the priest was useless, he said. So at but 50, also, you didn't understand it because it was no, all in Latin. No, it was all in Latin when I was a kid. So that's how pathetic church was in those days. And sorry for the Catholics here, but... Um, it wasn't very good in Latin if you couldn't speak Latin. And at 55 minutes, my dad would look at me and my brother and nod, and we'd have to get out and walk out. <laughs> and so that was church uh, when I grew up. So it wasn't my favorite thing. And then I went to Highbury and Hilton. And because I was a Catholic, we were like put to one side. Um, at Hilton, we had to go to church three times on a Sunday, early the Catholic service at Sadara, and then the two Anglican services at, at school. So I was put off church from a very young age. Yeah. And I remember also from a young age, we were stoked when my dad had a hangover, 
because yeah. we could stay at home with him. And then we didn't go to yeah. my mom's church, which was the Anglican church. And you served there for many, many years, pl- your whole life. And pl- well, not your whole life, because you've been... Yes. Put your, put your mark up. Your whole life. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well I mean... But you're still at the Anglican church. No, 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 but I mean from... No, no. So my mom used to play the organ, and I used to love sitting next to her because it was just far more interesting there, all these little, you know, like massive organ, all those, I used to try and touch some of them, my mom would slap my fingers, and I remember once getting a a big, you had like these massive pegs that used to hold all the hymn books, and I got one of them jammed on my finger, I screamed, I screamed louder when my mom hit me. Um, because I wasn't allowed to make a noise in church. But so you, you grew up on the pedals. And I stood on the pedals, yes. So you grew up in the Anglican church, served there all your life. That was kind of your upbringing. Until I left, yeah. Until you left home. Well, and, and, yeah, until I left the Anglican church. Yeah, and what was one of the reasons you felt like you needed to... Look, that Anglican church today is incredible as well, doing amazing things. There have been a lot of changes within that uh, specific church as well, but you really felt strongly that you needed to move on. Yeah, so, uh, well, I left the church. Yes. Left Anglican Church. So um, I mainly left because uh, I felt that there was a lot of obviously just dead religion in it, and there was just structure. So people went, but they didn't really know what was going going on. And um, and so eventually, because I was a, so involved in it, um, I actually left really because God told me to leave. And uh, he said, because I had a leadership position in the church, he said that actually was causing division in the, in the spirit. And, uh, and so I needed to go because a lot of people felt that you needed to stay there because it would never change if all the people who were born again and filled with the Spirit left. But um, I, I really felt God said to me, he said, you don't believe in a lot of stuff that goes on. And so because you don't believe in it, you're actually becoming, you're causing division in the Spirit. So you need to leave. Um, because there was a lot of stuff that they did that I uh, didn't believe was um, biblical. And, uh, and so that's why I left. So then God started... We tried a long, lot of time to change. Yes. We did bring a lot of change in the church, actually. Yeah. But the biggest change came, obviously, Dad gave his life to God. I think at 40, he uh, came to a church actually just down the road here with his brother. Uh, and you actually got cross because you thought your brother Tim had told them pastor that you were there because he was speaking directly to him he was like you told him I'm here and uh, I remember that week actually that whole week you were like a little bit of a wreck and God was doing something in your life and then you went back the following week it was actually Victory Faith Church down here in Pantan and he gave his life to the Lord the following week at 40 years old and that's when a lot of stuff changed for our family and it wasn't long after that where as you said we moved on and we started going to Mthlonga Harvest Church we had connected with some guys there they used to meet at the the Sharks Board there in Mthlonga and we went there for a few years. But then God started to stir something in your heart. Even you, Dad, you're saying, I've sat in church for 40 years, but don't know much. And then you, you decided to go to Bible college, which was quite a thing in those days. I mean, you were managing a farm, and then went to Bible college. And you always, you always say, Mom did three, and you did two, because you were cleverer than Mom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My mom did end up doing a degree, though. My dad got a diploma in practical theology. Um, and then, then God started to do something uh, because we moved up to Kloof, just temporary. We were going to go back to the farm. We were driving in from the farm. Well, my parents were, I was at high school in those days, driving in from the farm. And then just t- tell everybody today what started to happen because this is before Kloof harvest. We were still driving to Mthlongo. How, how, did, how did all of this just come to be? Yeah, if I could uh, just go back a little bit. Um, you know, God speaks to his children. We read that in John chapter 8 and chapter 10. And God had been speaking to me while after I was born again, when I was radically born again in 1991. And God was speaking to me about going to Bible college, which was very foreign to me because I haven't been the best scholar. And, um, and then I read a scripture. It was December 1993. We were down at our beach house in Ramsgate. And if I just read it to you, you know, God speaks to us through his word. If we don't read his word, he's not going to talk to us. A lot of people, a lot of my mates say, oh, God never talks to me. I say, well, do you read his word? And they keep quiet and have another sip of wine. But um, Jesus said here, it's, it's my favorite scripture. In Matthew 19, 29, Jesus said, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields, and as a sugar farmer, we had fields, obviously, 
for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And I read that in December 1993, and I knew God was talking to me about going to Bible college. So I said to Yvonne, I want to go to Bible college. Well, she nearly fainted. And um, so we went to Bible college. And then um, with Fiona and Adele. Where's Adele? I was terrified of her. I hope she's not here. And um, yeah, anyway, we went to Bible college. And then to catch up, we um, moved from the farm. I, I um, said to my farm manager, I said, we're going for a year and I'll be back next year. Well, God had other plans. We never went back. But yeah, God was just speaking to us. And I, we, because we hear his voice, I felt God saying, um, we, we started a little Bible study group first. And a few people in that little group, there were only eight of us to start with, said, what about a church? As that little group grew, and I said, no, 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 I'm going back farming. I'm going back farming. But I knew God had other plans. And then Yvonne and I chatted, and we thought we would just start a church where the truth in love would be preached because we were, you know, as I told you earlier, I was brought up in a church where the priest dressed like mother and we called him father. And um, it was, we, we, there were so many scriptures that we were never taught. So we wanted to teach the truth in love. And this little group grew and grew and grew. And then April 1996, we started Kloof Harvest Church in our home with how many? About a dozen people. 15 maybe a good day was 16 people and and then in the school holidays or long weekends like this we dropped to about six people and that's how it started and yeah that's I remember it starting in our lounge and it was uh, I must admit it was a bit weird waking up going through the kitchen having breakfast and then walking to the lounge and there were people there and we had church but those early days were, were pretty special. Uh, I shared a little bit about the start of the church a few weeks ago, and then I know my dad, when he preached a month or so ago, he told you a lot of uh, kind of the early days as well. But mom, you've always had a passion to teach, and I think that was something, you know, w when we started a church, it, it was something very specific, because there were lots of churches already in the area, and a lot of people even said, or you even started saying, we don't need to start a church. There's a lot of churches in Kloof. This upper highway area has more churches per square kilometer, apparently, than anywhere in the world. So it's like, what do we need another church for? But you were passionate about teaching, uh, Dad mentioned it, the truth in love. Um, and that's always been your passion. And uh, do you want to share a little bit more into that passion? Yeah. So I think, you know, for the same reason as Roger said, is that what I've always felt is that the church um, always had a, a bad name. Most Christians have a bad name. And a lot of, when I say most Christians, a lot of people, because out there, um, people think the church and Christians are hypocritical. And a lot of it is because, as I say, people, when I grew up anyway, was just dead religion. You just went to church to get your tick. And nobody actually knew what the Bible taught or, or what, what, what the truth was. And I don't think that that was God's, God's intention when he created mankind, was to be in relationship with him, was to rule and reign with him. And uh, Holt described, you know, what he says, he calls it the, the uh, my pronunciation is the ecclesia, actually means the government, it says God's parliament on earth. And we are meant to uh, rule and reign here. We are meant to bring God's kingdom on earth. But we can never do that unless we know what his kingdom is about. And we need to know the truth of God's word. And we're meant to make a difference in, in the world. So when you look at the New Testament, it says that these are those who have turned our world upside down. Basically, they turned it the right way up. They turned it into God's way. But we can never do that if we don't know how we are meant to be and what, uh, who God made us to be. And that requires us to study the word and to know who we are in Christ and what he has required us to do, what our authority is. And so we're meant to impact our community. We're meant to live differently. We're meant to be different. And so it was many times people, because I'd had this experience with, with uh, God, I'd been born again when I was a young girl, nine, 10 years old, and I'd had this experience, but I never told anybody because it was like a bit weird. Nobody ever spoke about anything when you grew up in the church in those days. And, um, and it was kind of thought of, well, you know, church was just about you went to church. We all lived exactly the same as everybody else, but you went to church on a Sunday, just said sorry for your sins, and then you just carried on living the rest of the week. Just the, so whole, the whole basement was full of car magazines. It was, it was, it was just an am, am, amazing thing, and, and it just organically happened. This birth, God birthed this church, and he's given us this privilege, and, um, you know, we just provided a youth center here for young people to come and hang out. There was no coffee shops in those days or anything. And um, 
to see what God has done and uh, that he's allowed us and given us the privilege. And yet, and the prophetic word over us when we were ordained, um, we just ain't seen nothing yet. And yep. I just think it's just amazing to, to we would never have imagined um, this, I don't think, in our wildest dreams. So don't think, but he never shows us that, you know, we just take the little steps. And, but don't limit God. Yeah. No, we, we definitely believe that the best is yet to come. Very, it's very exciting what has happened, but the best is definitely yet to come. And we're so excited. We're going to hear about Peter Maritzburg yep. and Giba, and um, we're having a great time at Giba um, down there, and it's growing like anything, and Beggy will tell you. How many at youth on Friday, Beggs? 120. 120. Don't say it loudly, because you're not more than loud, 100. Yeah. But no, they were outside. Oh, they were outside, outside, sorry. <laughs> they were outside, all you wallies, but um, yeah. But it's wonderful, but and yeah. we're so excited. We're going up to Peter Maritzburg. I was corrected by an Afrikaans friend of mine. We call it, us uh, English people call it Peter Maritzburg. He said, ach nie, Roger, it's Peter Maritzburg. So we're going there next Sunday, and it's wonderful what's happening there. It's, it's awesome. growing so fast, too. So the best but, is yeah. yet to come. We see so many of the prophetic words, you know, coming to out, just beginning to take shape. And... Uh, but get ready because we firmly believe, I feel it in every fiber of my being and in my bones, revival is coming and it's starting soon. Awesome. Awesome. Let's thank my mom and dad. It's awesome. And well, to celebrate just what's been done and what God is doing, we're going to watch a short little video of just a highlight video of what's going on at Giba. And for Marisburg, especially for those of you who make this your church, you might not know what God is doing. And you can never really get into all that's going on there. But uh, just a short little video just to see what God is doing. So let's enjoy this. You came, that my heart would be set free. There's no life outside of you, there's no hope apart from you, you came, then my heart will be set free, and I'm taking hold of your promises, now I'm chosen, you bring me life in just Awesome. Amazing. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Open Skies Church consists of three communities, Giba, which you've just seen, Peter Maritzburg, and obviously this location here in Kloof. So seeing as Giba was fresh, that was the last video there. It's so good to have you guys, Beggs and Z, with us here today. The Bishop Beggy. And your daughter Z, apparently. And then obviously Tom and Eileen, so awesome to have you guys. You have been a lot more familiar as a face, obviously uh, part of this church and pastor of the church, but not in the last year and a bit. 
but it's awesome to have you guys there just to see what God is doing there. So uh, today we really just wanted to explore this collective and the church and who knows what's going to happen even going forward. You know, we don't feel like it's three and that's it forever. Maybe there's churches that come out of Giba. There's churches that come out of Peter Moritzbeck. There's churches that come out of Kloof and we're just so excited. And we really, really believe that God has ordained his people, the church, to extend his kingdom. And maybe um, let's start off with Marisberg. I know you guys... uh, have started last year, no, 2019, July. Um, probably hasn't been the most ideal time that people would generally worldwide say to start a church, but you've seen God do incredible things. Just give us a little update on what's been happening in Peter Maritzburg and just encourage us today with what God's doing. I'm surprised you didn't do Here I Am to Worship. When the, uh, <laughs> that's a song I was expecting, Big, so I have to, have to next yeah, time. Just to elaborate on that uh, personal joke. So Beggs knows a lot of Zulu songs, but whenever he gets asked to lead an English song, here I am to worship. Every time. Every, Every time. time. It's so good though, Beggs. It's so but good. It's, yeah. Is my mic on? And then the Spirit of God just fills the room. Yes. Fills the room. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've had a good time, Maritzburg. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy season. Obviously, we, we, we launched the church and uh, worked very hard up, you know, into launching. We worked with an organization called ARC, and their whole strategy is try and launch as big as you can. And their, their sort of analogy there is it's like having a baby, you know, and the bigger the baby is, the more chance it is of surviving. So you work very hard up until the point of launching to try and get, get some momentum. And so we, we did that. We worked really hard, and we, we had a great launch. And incredible support from, from ARC and unbelievable support from, from Kloof here. Um, and things were going really well, you know, kind of just growing in every area. And seven months in, we had our first lockdown, which had seven months into the launch of the church. So, yeah, that was, that was a challenge. And, uh, I mean, as you guys know, we, we couldn't even get to Maritzburg um, and, and kind of just had to find a way literally within the, within the space of a week. I mean, we were, we were just linked in with the Kloof guys and, and really kind of just survived over that period. But um, coming out of that, it's just been amazing how God has provided for us every single step of the way. And like what Hilton was talking about, Rory Dyer earlier, you know, about just be still and know that I'm God. He, he, said, he said a similar sort of thing to us so much over that time and financially and, um, and, and, and in terms of people and just building his church, the quality of people, the, the impartation, you know, you, when, when you're in a new church, you're trying to get your culture into people. You're trying to get them to understand what church is all about. Because that's what maybe we're going to talk about today. Um, and you can't do that when you can't see them, you know. But anyway, God uh, just did such incredible things coming out of there. And, and just coming out of that lockdown, we, a uh, uh, lady in our church, who I'll talk about maybe just now if there's a moment, um, uh, phoned me and said, I've got a place for us to meet. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, no, we can, because the school, obviously we were in a school originally and because of the, the restrictions, all the schools shut their doors. So she said, there's a shopping center and essentially the shopping center had, had gone under. Um, and we were given this, at first 400 square meter space um, and, then, and then an even bigger space next door for our kids. And we were there for nine months rent free. And, uh, and, and it, th- that place was going for, th- I think they said 300 rand per square meter. Um, so you can do the maths and, and work out what it would have cost us. And so we were there for nine months rent-free, and God just grew the church over that period. And then b- before we, uh, we, we left there, we, we met with a headmaster, started coming to our, our church, and he said, um, you know, when you guys don't have a place to go anymore, we'd love to have you at our school. And that's where we, we've just moved into two weeks ago at St. John's. And it's, it's the best, uh, and I say this really, I mean, we know Maritzburg now. It is the best venue in Maritzburg. It's the best, thea- it's it's the best theater. It is the best. There, there's nothing better in Maritzburg. And we've looked uh, far and wide. And um, I just had to say to the people, I was trying to get them excited about moving because it's hard to, to move. But I just said to them, there's aircon. And that was it. Everyone just Mar- cheered. You and need we aircon in Maritzburg. Yeah, Maritzburg, that's for sure. Aircon, so. That's a little bit, Hilt. I mean, I don't know if that's... That no, that's awesome. And, and Eileen, I mean, it's been a whole new thing for you as well, like getting kind of fully involved and planning a church. You've got three young kids, <laughs> which is interesting. But just tell us <laughs> what the season has been like for you. It's super exciting. Yeah, it is. It is super exciting. Um, it is like it was... It's been a crazy time, and we all know it. And like with a lockdown happening and, 
you know, we really just, nobody knew what they were doing, really, but we just kept building the plane as we fly, really, and so grateful that God is the one building the church. There's nothing that we can do or ever could have done. We had so many limitations in that season, Mm. but he just kept building, and I mean, it's just amazing that we... um, a privilege to be a part of that. And yeah, being being at home, lockdown, three kids, you know, running into Zoom meetings. Four kids. <sighs> four, four kids. Uh, Thomas is a, <laughs> the fourth. No, but it was just, it was, it was crazy. But um, we just kept making room for God to, to move and to do what he needed to do. And also like all glory, glory to him. And the... The amazing thing for me at that time was the fact that, yes, we couldn't meet, but God is not limited by the fact that we can, whether we can gather or not. But his presence was in every single home. Worship was brought into homes. And, um, and my heart and my prayer at that time was for an appetite of worship to be developed in every home and in every family so that, you know, your kids can see you worship and see you cry and it's okay. And that more than ever, the concept of the fact that we are the church and it's not a building can come alive and that they can start to understand that. Yeah. That's awesome. Just, just to say one of the things, when, before we planted, and, and this goes into our conversation that we want to have today, um, a good mate of ours, Dino, who, who was my coach, kept saying to me, you have to understand that God wants this to work more than you do. God wants this church plant, this church to work more than you do. And I mean, we know how passionate we are. But at the end of the day, this is God's thing. And if, you, if we really believe that, which we do, that, that's been our story. We've just seen, it's, in some ways, it's not surprising. I mean, your guys' vision for the years believe. It's not surprising that this is a house of miracles. It's not surprising that this is, there's one miracle after the next because this is God's thing. And when yeah. he's involved, he's the one who's building it of course there's going to be incredible yeah. things that happen. And it's actually amazing, you know, look at God's timing. I know for most churches it was, it's been a hell of an adjustment, but it's actually been amazing how you've used that time to consolidate a core of people. And there's an incredible group, a yes. core of people yeah. that have joined your church and partnered with you guys uh, and just seeing some of the faces there. It's amazing. Like you've just got some quality, solid people that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it reminds me of the early church. And I wanted to allude to the scripture in our discussion today because this is how important it is for us to meet. Acts uh, 2 verse 43, it, it should pop on the, uh, on the screen. It says, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. This is in the early church when Jesus now had passed on and he had left his spirit with the people. It says, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they've had. And you even see that in the, you know, you guys just, the community has been amazing. And I know you haven't been able to gather as large gatherings. And I know you're only going back to bigger gatherings uh, soon. And it says, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. You're talking about bringing worship into your homes. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who have been saved. And you've seen that, just the increase in how God is doing something incredible. And we, we, we're just so excited to see what God's gonna do at Maritzburg. And we'll come back to you in a moment. Obviously, we've got Begs and Z with us today. Obviously, Giba's a little bit more established, been going. How many years has uh, the Giba community actually been going? Do you want to talk in the mic? I know you've got a loud voice and you're Bishop Beggy, but six years. Yes, six years. And Beggy and Z uh, also just recently have now taken on kind of the role as campus pastors. Officially, they've obviously been there for a long time. They both have roles at Nganiami. Uh, Beggs is kind of like the village Mfundis which means pastor, and Z's a social worker and, and is involved there as well. But now they are overseeing, alongside my parents, the Giba campus. So... Tell us a little bit about, or give us an update of what God is doing at Giba. Okay, we, I just want to start by just giving a little bit of a history of how we got here. Um, 2007, we did a program called Year of Your Life, and Colin and Scott were leading us during that time. So we also thought that it was going to be one year and then go back home, and uh, kind of a situation. It was very obvious over Beggy's life that he was called to be a pastor, but me, I wasn't too sure why I was here. You weren't anyway, even sure about Peggy at the time <laughs> as well. I wasn't even huh? sure about him at the time. 
So anyway, we did the program and we stayed um, and we served at youth and we did different things. And um, we obviously, Bakes moved to Nganiyami um, to work there and we got married and then I moved over. So it's kind of like different for me to be part of the church. So we got ordained in 2020, beginning of the year. And then a couple of months later, lockdown hits. <laughs> so we were stuck and... In my community, it doesn't hook. Um, yeah, social media is a big thing, but like church online is not really a big thing. So we had to do preaches and post them on our page, and they had to watch them. It was really difficult, and it was different. And the first lockdown um, happened to us, and I think a lot of our solid guys were affected, and they just really drifted away because it was not personal. It was just hard. Church was really, really difficult. So, also, access to Wi-Fi and data and the cost um, of that has so been a huge issue. So what we did, yeah, it was really difficult. What we did was we tried to make sure that we posted it on WhatsApp. So for people that couldn't short, watch on Facebook, yeah. to short, like to compress it and make it short. So when we got back, we felt we really needed to meet with our leaders and just really strengthen everybody before we can allow everybody to come back. So we did that for a couple of weeks. We'll, we're so grateful for the supports of um, Vonnie and Roger. So they did a couple of teachings and got people back on fire for God. And we were so grateful for that. So we went back, um, got excited. And again, in December, lockdown, we both got sick. And um, so we can meet again. But I just want to say before lockdown and before all of this happened, we were sitting at... Um, 80, maybe on a good day, 90 people at the church. But right now, we're sitting at very close to 200 people at the church. That's awesome. You want to add anything to that, Pegs? No, no, no. No? no I think she said That's everything, a... yeah. But it's, uh, but it's going good. Yeah. It's going great, yeah. It would just tell us a little bit of, like, I know you guys are gathering again, and there's been huge excitement at Giba. And, but it has been difficult as well because I know, yeah. particularly in your community, uh, your face-to-face -face gathering yeah. um, is, is vital. And even when you guys got sick, you couldn't go into the community. But yeah. things are opening up a bit now, eh? Yeah, we are, we are back in the building. and It's, it's awesome. Um, for the African community to be, um, not to meet together is a, is a real struggle, you know. Um, so because of that, it's just, I think it's just a culture thing, you know. So because of that, uh, it, our church was, was struggling. Uh, but now we are back in the building and we, um, we are growing again, uh, which is awesome to see people being saved every week. Uh, just people excited to meet together and worship God. So yeah. we're grateful. And also the Relief Fund has been amazing, how we've been able to go into the community, maybe just yeah. share with the guys just going out yeah. and seeing the need. is also devastating, but amazing to help. Yeah. I mean, lockdown, um, lots happened during the lockdown thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we lost some people, uh, and that's it. But we also, we also gained some people, you know. Uh, we, myself and the, the team from Kiba and Voni, we went into the Chalimnyama community for the first time. We are in Dazenhook. Chalimnyama is another community that's not so far from Dazenhook, but we went for the first time there, and um, we connected with people, and and, uh, and fed a lot of people, a lot of families. We um, yeah. were able to feed during that time. And um, some of them are coming to our church now, not because of food. <laughs> I must make that very clear. It's not because of food. I thought you were going to clap and, and, you know, and celebrate <laughs> with us. <laughs> but people are coming because they simply saw church in action. They, yeah. saw, they saw the love of God. Uh, everyone was scared in, inside the building, but we went out to people. To, to, to meet them in their time of need. And, and people were so drawn to God. And it's so awesome to see people come, not because they're wanting to receive any uh, food and things like that, but they come because they saw the love of Jesus. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we wanted today not just to be kind of like an update or informative, as all these V-Day series have been. We don't want to just showcase what yeah. God is doing, but really get to the heart of why we do what we do. Yeah. I, want to, I want to just read this scripture in Hebrews, and I think... We may be preaching to the converted today because you guys are in church today and those watching online, but I think God's heart for church, you've obviously seen a little bit of what has been happening, but it's vital that we, as a community, as a people really, um, that the church can never be replaced. The gathering of the saints, and especially as we start to open up, we're seeing 
a struggle. Churches worldwide, people have developed new habits, new patterns. Guys are going to beach on a Sunday morning and going, oh, this feels quite good. And we're seeing a drop off. But at the same time, we've seen God do incredible things. I know even in Marysburg, you see more people come. Uh, but I, I just want to just, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. This is Hebrews 10, 22. Let's go straight to the message because we're running out of time. It says, let's do it. Full of belief. Confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Aren't we grateful about that? Let's see how inventive we can become or be in encouraging love and helping out. We've had to be super creative and inventive in this last season. And then listen to this. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do. Not avoiding worshiping together. And just if you're going to hear this today and you're a little bit skeptical about church or gathering, do you have to? Do you need a church? The Bible very clearly says not avoiding worshiping together. Uh, in the New Living, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together. It is important to God. Not avoiding worship together, as some do, and there are a lot of people that do. There's even a lot of Christians that go, oh, I don't really need church, okay? I know you need Jesus, and you can go to heaven without church, but it is vital that we meet together worshiping together, but spurring each other on because there's something that happens when we in each other's faces and spaces and especially as we see the big day approaching. So it kind of speaks into, you know, these times are interesting. These times are strange. Maybe they talk about the end time. No one knows the day or the hour, but it's vital that the bride of Christ gather together and prepare themselves. I'd love to, for you guys to encourage us today as a people. Maybe someone's going to watch that. Maybe it doesn't feel like church is important. With what you guys have seen within your church communities, why do we need to make church a priority? There's this awesome scripture in Ephesians, just to kind of like um, back up this one, that says, in the message it actually says that the, the church is not peripheral to the world, the world is peripheral to the church. And you know, isn't it amazing, if you drive through South Africa, you go through any dorpy in South Africa, you'll find that in the middle of that town is probably a 100, 150, 200 year old church that's been built there. It's like the church is the epicenter of everything that's supposed to happen. And it's not an arrogant thing. It's not a thing like, well, you know, the world is secondary to us and whatever. It's a source thing. It's a life-giving thing. The church should be the thing that gives life into every single sector of our lives and as a byproduct into every single sector of every community all over the world. That is God's plan for the world. And uh, what we've seen, I mean, Hilt, we chat a little bit about it. Like, we see one of the things we felt going into Maritzburg was that God wanted to release potential. And that's what he does through the church. He releases potential. He gets you excited. You come and you worship him. And there's something that's awakened in your heart to the, the specific calling, the purpose, the plan he has for your life. Things start to get together and make sense. And the whole point of that is that it's, a, it's an epicenter for you to be able to be and to do what God has called you to do. And if everybody really does that, you've got to believe that a community can be transformed, that a city can be transformed, that ultimately through the church that a nation can be transformed. What we've seen is the people, um, Hilton was saying earlier that uh, God has added the most quality people to our our congregation, and he has. But one of the things that, that we felt early on was that we almost felt God say to us, if you look after and you love the people that nobody cares about, I will send you the people that everybody wants. And uh, we've seen that from, from, I hope I don't get emotional about this, but some of the guys that have come in, just absolutely broken outcasts of society that have come in, that have found love, that have found grace, that have found a place where they can belong, have found a family that they can be part of, have felt acceptance, and, and, and in that have probably you know, found a sense of purpose as well. You get these kinds of people whose lives are genuinely changed because of Jesus in a room and because of a group of people who represent the, the family that Jesus pulls together. And these guys are changed. We, we, had, we had a guy who came in, I promise you, who is an absolute outcast society who does lights for us on a Sunday. And it is his favorite day of the week. He literally counts down the sleeps until he can come to church. We've had um, a lady come in who, who really felt to work for her previous church and apply for the secretary job there, but it just didn't feel right for her. And like Vonnie's story, there were some things where she felt like she, there was a misalignment between what God had called her to do, church she found herself in, and she's now working for us, except we don't pay her. So she's a, a free staff member, which is pretty amazing. That's a miracle in and of itself. And she is incredible because myself, Eileen, Graydon, and Annika are amazing, 
but none of us have admin as our top skill. So she is a, a huge blessing. We're all creative, and she keeps us all in line. And, uh, and, and she's got admin as a skill, in it, and she's able to bring that into the church. And her whole life has been completely turned upside down and transformed because she's found a place where she belongs and where she can give out and she can give back, and she can do something with the God-given gifts that she's been given. And God has provided miraculously for them so she doesn't have to take a salary, but her life is transformed. She's come alive. And this is the beauty of the church from wherever you find yourself. We just recently had a CEO of a company join us who'd been in the church for 52 years, but God had moved him on and called him on, and that church really is, has almost just about closing down now. And he feels like at the age of 52 years old, he feels like he's got a second wind in life. He suddenly feels like where he's been stagnant before, his whole life is transformed in business and all sorts of things where things have come alive in him. And this is all because God put on the heart of these two people a long time ago, Roger and Von Gregg, to come here to start a church. And, and I'm just sharing just a couple of stories. And from there, he put on their heart again, other people's heart, for us to go to Peter Marriott's begin to start this thing that we really believe with these, enough of these individual stories can completely transform a city. And that's what I'm believing and that's what I'm hoping for. That's awesome. <clears throat> you want to add? Wow. Um, it's, it's amazing. Honestly, for me, like community is like you cannot go without community. There is freedom in community. There's life in community. There's safety in community. And for us, really, like Thomas just said, like it's been, for us, it's been important to create a place for people where they can belong. Like this lady that's been helping us with admin and all sorts, like she's found a place where she belongs. And like her potential is unlocked and she's really like, she's such a blessing. And, um, also, just to say, like Vonnie was saying earlier, you know, things have changed so much, but it's so encouraging to hear the story again, like how it all started, how many things have changed. I mean, it's been years since you guys came to Kloof, but the calling and the purpose has never changed. They put their hands up, things have changed, people have come and gone, and it's been the same for us. Like we've put our hand up, like, what is it now, almost three years ago, um, you know, Things happen, lockdown happened, COVID happened, everything happened, but the calling has not changed. Yeah. The purpose of this church has not changed. And if we keep putting our hand up every day and saying, God, yes, because of you, we can. We can bring that community and we can change a community and we can change a nation and change the world ultimately. Yes. And um, it's just been such a privilege to step in line with what Vonnie and Rog has done. It's um, incredible to see there are so many stories, but you know we could be here for days, but it 's just so humbling to to be able to sit here and be a part of that and continue to put our hand up to to what God has called us that 's awesome. Do you want to add anything to that just what god 's done yeah i think I think nothing like the Church of Jesus Christ um, you know two thousand and seven when I, I joined this church and there was something or God that was that God was already doing something amazing, but to be part of um, starting uh, Giba Church, uh, it's been life-changing for me because I've seen each and every life that walks into our church so broken. I mean, we're in a township there, so, so broken. I'm talking about drug dealers. I'm talking about people that are maybe 17. They already have three kids, and I'm talking about like a serious brokenness, like families divided. It's been so awesome to see every single life change. I mean, I'm looking at the time. We don't have time to go through um, each stories, but uh, I'm talking about those, some of those people now are part of worship team, are part of uh, youth leaders, are part of, you know, they're part of our church leaders. They came so broken. So to me, nothing like church. Yeah. Nothing like church of Jesus. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think people realize when they see someone like a bonga, yeah. you see him dancing or Someone like Quanella, who's yeah. running the coffee business, or someone like, I heard Sky used yeah. to be a dangerous guy. You yeah, yeah, no, mess with him, he used to beat guys up, you know? And you see these guys He's my bodyguard now. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't realize, just take an opportunity to chat about their story and where they come from and what things they got up to. It's just amazing. And only God can do that, and it's through community. We've spoken about today where God brings transformation. Z, do you want to add anything to that? Well, um, we have Vonnie coming um, every Wednesday to meet up with girls and um, really to try and create community, but also to break the strongholds because 
I don't know, in, in my community, there's a lot of strongholds. So uh, girls yeah. sleeping around and all sorts of things. But really, my heart was to see us girls really standing shoulder to shoulder, not fighting, and really supporting each other. So Vani is part of that, and we're just learning. And so it's such a beautiful community, and it's so freeing that we can come together and really pour out our hearts and learn about Jesus together as girls. Yeah, it's amazing. And we are so excited about the future. My parents alluded to it earlier. There are so many things that we want to do. And even we look at open hands and the ministry that, that is going to be one day. We, we, we're speaking about like containers in, the, the, in Dustin Hook where we can have dance academies. We've spoken about uh, facilities to train, as he alluded to, training women and running the, um, the is it the, the NEMA? The NEMA project, which is amazing, just helping young girls. There's just so much life that we want to just breathe in and through the church, using God's place in our church to transform a community. And we're dreaming that one day the communities in and around, especially the ones that don't have a lot, we're really trusting God's going to use this church in such a wonderful way. And I think we're going to look back, we're going to have a conversation like this maybe in 10, 20 years' time and just be absolutely amazed. I think we're already amazed at what God is doing, uh, but it's just incredible. I want to close with this because we are looking at time. And if any of you want to add anything to this, we did discuss this where we spoke about um, the collective church. This is pretty controversial. I don't want to offend anyone today, but a friend posted this. And um, there was a lot of excitement on the post around this particular quote. It's not literal. You know, there is a saying that you've shot yourself in the leg. You know that saying? Like you, you I don't know, you make a, on the foot, shot yourself in the leg or the foot, or you know, you make a wrong choice or whatever and you shoot yourself in the foot, right? So it's not literally speaking, but this is a quote here from Kevin De Jong. It will come up on the screens. It's pretty hectic, but listen to this. The man who attempts Christianity Without the church, now remember the church is not an institution, it's not a building, it's community, it's the people of God, the bride of Christ. The man who attempts Christianity without the church shoots himself in the foot, shoots his children in the leg when you look at legacy, and shoots his grandchildren in the heart. It's pretty out there, and I hope it doesn't offend anyone. It may offend those who maybe don't understand the importance of gathering as a church, or you don't have a church home. It's not literal. But I believe that we have to prioritize church, the gathering, especially as we come out of this craziness that we've just been through. And for those of you here in the auditorium today, those of you out there, maybe you're going to watch it. Guys, we would love to have you back making Sunday a priority, gathering together, because it is so important not only for you, but for your children and your grandchildren, they have to understand. And remember, we did that old school series uh, a few years ago. And we believe, old school as it is, that gathering on a Sunday is still important. It is vital, not only to us, but the next generation, because it's a place where we worship. It's a place where you spoke about it. Your kids can see you have tears in your eyes. It's a place where we just build faith, build hope, have diverse community as we're experiencing, celebrate incredible stories. And uh, I hope that doesn't offend anyone today, but sometimes, well, the gospel is an offense. Jesus offended many people with the truth. Anything you guys want to add in closing to that? What to say? No, it's just pretty straight. Hey? Um, it, it, it's powerful. It's powerful. And I really believe that we need to understand going forward just how important the church is. What we're going to do now, and if you can just join us, those online, even those in the auditorium today, let's just take a moment just to reflect on where we're at and what has God called you to do? Um, you see, the church is a gathering of people. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an array of gifts, everyone playing their part. The church is not the doomany up front here doing everything. But it's everybody working together, and we're so excited about the future of Open Skies Church collectively, Giba, Maritzburg, Kloof, and there's so much more that we can do as a collective body of people. And uh, I want you to just take a moment saying, God, what, what do you call me to do, part of this body? If you look at the Word of God, it speaks about the body of Christ working together. The hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you, or the eye to the ear, I don't need you. We are all vital together working. If you look at the craziness of what an eyebrow is, it looks so silly, like some hair in the middle of your head. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But it's to stop the sweat from going into your eyes. Every po person in this place here today, those online, have a part to play 
in the collective body called the church. We are all important, all needed, the gifts that we all bring. Not only for ourselves, but for generations to follow and for a community out there that needs change, that needs hope, that needs to believe again. And God, thank you that you stirred us today with the importance and the significance of what the community called the churches. Lord, would you help us as families, as individuals today to even make church a priority? We know that it's not everything, but just making that priority to gather together, whether it's in home groups, whether it's at college, whether it's open chapel, whether it's Sundays here, God, just how vital that is and how much we, not only us that get out of it, but how much we can put back. And God, I pray even right now that you would gently convict us as your collective church today, God, where we can get more involved. It's not out of obligation, but God, it's out of just an excitement to use the gift that you've given us. God, there's so much more we want to do as a church. And God, we all got to play our part. Lord, would you gently nudge us today into those areas? As Tom and Eileen spoke earlier about putting their hands up, they didn't necessarily originally want to go to Marisburg, but they felt God strongly called them to that. And they put their hands up and said, God, here I am, send me, use me. What is God calling you to do today? It's not in these four walls, but it's out there. What is God calling you today as a church? I really believe God is speaking to some of you, giving you vision and hope for the church of the future. God, would you speak to us as leaders even, just we think of new places and spaces that perhaps there would be an open skies church. And we're so excited to see where you lead us one day, God. And we're so excited just with the people that you've surrounded us with and just to see the change in people's hearts. and We're so grateful, God, to be used by you. And in closing today, if you're here and you don't know God and you've worshipped with us today, you've heard some of the stories and you like really feel stirred today and the first thing you need to do is just make a commitment to God. And we always give an opportunity at our services just for someone to pray a prayer, saying, Lord, I need you. And I'd love to do that with you now. And if um, you would want to pray that prayer, would you pray it out loud with us today? And I encourage everybody in the auditorium to pray it with us. Say, dear Lord Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for forgiving me and setting me free. Use me, Lord. Use my gifts, use my talents to extend your kingdom. Lord, today, I make a choice to follow you.